Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and pets that are important to you. I'm recording this episode on Sunday. Today's my wife's birthday. Happy birthday, Julie. She didn't want a cake. She wanted just ice cream, which is fine by me. I mean, if it was my birthday, I'd have requested both. I totally get why some folks have both cake and ice cream on their birthday. Together, they're the best, in my opinion. I'm only surprised ice cream cake isn't more popular. It's got to be because it's hard to keep something that big in your freezer for long, I guess. Uh, my wife had to work on her birthday, and I did not, but I did have stuff to do. Uh, my wife wanted a particular bottle of wine, and I had to pick up the ice cream, which she requested come from our favorite ice cream stand. And I'll tell you something, today was a beautiful day weather-wise, but I still figured if, if I wanted to pick up the ice cream in the 3 o'clock hour, it would probably be best because I'd be in and out of there really quick. And boy, was I ever wrong. The place was mobbed. And I get into the line, and I, I should say I get into one of the lines. There are about four or five lines there. And I, and I said to the guy in the line next to me, I said, gee, I figured if I got here now, there wouldn't be that many people. And the guy says, ah, best laid plans. And I said, yeah. <laughs> and, then I, and then I was standing there in the line, and I thought, I thought to myself, best laid plans. Is that Shakespeare? <laughs> I was almost sure it was, but it wasn't 100%. So I pulled out my phone, and I looked it up the quote's origin, and it turns out it's not Shakespeare. It's actually from a Scottish poet in the 1700s named Robert Burns. Did you know this? I didn't. I, I, I love language, man. I think it's so cool that two guys in line for ice cream in New Hampshire, the United States of America in 2022 can... Share a 250-year-old quote written by some guy who lived in Scotland 3,000 miles away. That's incredible, isn't it? That a quote, like, would survive that long and still be relevant. I, I really dig that. Folks, you're listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast. I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. If this is your first time listening, welcome. There are no ads on this podcast, and there is no Patreon set up for it. The only thing I've ever asked of listeners is if you love the show and you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily and get yourself or the reader in your life some quality literature, please consider purchasing one or two of my books. I'm the author of nine novels that are all currently available worldwide via Amazon. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find all nine of my stories in ebook format at Google Play. Just type my last name, which is spelled M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you'll find me on Google Play. If you prefer paperbacks but you don't use Amazon, you can purchase most of my novels in paperback format at barnesandnoble.com. BN.com, if you're in a hurry. If you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. Hello, People Are the Enemy listeners. This is episode 226 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. 
Thanks for checking it out. Thanks for listening, guys. Why would anybody listen to anything else? Am I egotistic to think that this is the greatest podcast? I, I honestly spend more time listening to my own podcast than anybody else's. I do listen to other people's, believe me. But but honestly, I listen to mine. I'm like, this is fantastic. Why isn't, why isn't everybody digging this thing? Why am I not, like, number one on the podcast? I must have a huge ego. <laughs> I must be completely conceited because, like, I hear it. I'm like, this is a great show. <laughs> I think, like, why isn't everybody tuned into this? I'm just amazing to listen to. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to hear me tell stories about uh, about my wife's birthday and cake, right? Isn't that interesting to everybody? <laughs> I jest, but uh, in all honesty, I, you know, I was I was poking around on YouTube because nowadays it seems like everybody who has a podcast. They they put it on multiple formats, so they're, like, filming themselves, so they've got, like, the video format, and they're watching them, like, with their headphones on in front of a microphone on YouTube, but then you're listen you can listen to the show, too, in the car or while you're walking down the street or just, you know, at work during the day on a, you know, on a, on a phone, you know, so, so it's, you've got it in, in different, uh, different media formats, and I guess it makes sense, but there's no way I'm going to be doing that, <laughs> say that, but... You know, and you think like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll see. But no, honestly, man, like, I love the fact that this is just me and you and you listening to me and you not seeing me because I, I can wear my pajamas if I want to. I can, you know, in, in the summer, I don't have to I don't have to wear anything, you know, because <laughs> it's, it's just me, man, you know, and I look a mess most of the time. And that's kind of how I prefer it. If you saw me on your, your YouTube, you'd be like, get this gentleman off my screen immediately. And I send gentlemen in the, the nicest... <laughs> That's the most flattering thing I can say about this, this fellow, this gutter snipe, this, uh, <laughs> this vagrant. Because, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm disheveled, you know? I'm happily disheveled. I'm a busy person, so I don't have a lot of time for, you know, to, to, to fix myself up or, you know, a skincare routine, as folks have. My skincare routine is soap and water. <laughs> you know, I don't even own a comb, man. <laughs> I don't mind telling you, but honestly, like some of these folks I watch on YouTube and I'm like, oh my God, like it'll be like four or five guys and they're, you know, younger guys and they're uh, comedians and they're, 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 they're joking around about hot topics, whether it's Johnny Depp in the, you know, in the, um, in the courtroom, <laughs> like whatever, like it's like they're joking around and they're swearing and stuff. And like, I that's fine. I've got nothing against swearing. I love comedians. I love all sorts of comedians. The clean, I love the clean ones and I love the filthy ones. I love everybody. I, I celebrate the, the, the entire, the entire gamut. I, I love it all. It, speaking of swears, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about two rappers that I, I got really into this week. Okay. And I say, I say speaking of swears because, uh, one of them, Bia is her name. Have you heard Bia? Oh my goodness, I love Bia. I, I bought her album. <laughs> I bought her album because I was so into it. But I first came, I, I first, uh, I first discovered her via uh, TikTok because she had a, a song go viral on TikTok. And it's the one that goes, I put on my jewelry just to go to the bodega. And I keep it with me just so that I'm feeling safer. Fendi on my body, but my feet is in bodega. And then there's a swear. So <laughs> I'm going to try to keep this show clean so you can play it in the car with the kids. And what I did was I found a portion of a Bia song without, like, one of her verses without a curse in it. But I will warn you, they, they do say bitch and they do say ass. <laughs> they. 
she. She says bitch and she says ass, okay? But it's nothing that you wouldn't hear. What do you hear that? Like, I, post 8 p.m. network television, bitch and ass, I don't even know. For all I know, they they're, they have it in, you know, in daytime cartoons these days. I don't know what, I don't watch a lot of television, can you tell? <laughs> but I do listen to a lot of music and I... I do, I do enjoy two new rappers, and I'm going to start with Bia, and I'm going to play a little bit of Bia right now, and I'm, I'm going to try to cut Bia off before Lil John comes in and drops a nasty word, okay? Because Lil John's on this track, too. You all know Lil John, of course. Okay, here's a, here's a Bia with a, Bia, a portion of Bia Bia. Now she's, I love her flow, love her voice. Check her out. See, see what you think. Here she is. All right, I gotta stop there. Isn't that cool? Isn't she have a doesn't she have a great voice? I love it. You know where she's from? This is crazy because like I heard her and I was like. Okay, you know, uh, okay! No, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I saw her, and I, I heard her, and I was like, all right, she looks like maybe she's from, maybe she's from Florida? Maybe, or maybe she's from the West Coast? No, she's from Boston. Dude, she's from Boston. Isn't that crazy? Here's what's crazier, okay. She's half Puerto Rican and half Italian. Okay, very, very uh, unique combination. And she's from, not Boston, you know, proper. She's from Medford, Massachusetts, which is a suburb of Boston. If you're from Medford, you say you're from Boston. But Medford is known, <laughs> this is funny, man. I've got, I've got two cousins that live in Medford. Medford is known for being, like, a highly proportionate uh, of Italians. <laughs> Italians live in Boston. Or in Medford, rather. It's so funny because, like... I went to pick up my daughter at school once, and I live in southern New Hampshire, and I went to pick her up at school, and uh, of course I had to, like, give my name to uh, the security person there, and uh, I saw his tag, and I, I, it was, I forget what his name was, it was, it was very Italian, um, and he, he looked at me, he said, uh, Mascola, and I said, yeah, and he said, um, you wouldn't happen to have family in Medford, would you? And I said, yeah, I would, because <laughs> I do. I have two cousins there. He said, of course you do. And <laughs> then, he goes, then he gets on the microphone to the school and he goes, I got Anthony Mascolioni down here to pick up his kid. <laughs> I was like, Anthony Mascolioni? Brother, I'm Italian. I'm not that Italian. <laughs> oh, man, I fell out, man. True though, man. So yeah, B is from Medford. I gotta ask my cousin. My cousin Michael, who lives in in Medford, is a huge music fan. I gotta I gotta know if he's ever run into B or if he's even heard B. For all I know, you know, it's a. I don't know what the po population of Medford is. It looked pretty like a pretty dense city the times I've been there. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe he knows B. Maybe he's seen B. I don't know. That's Bia. The other guy, the other guy, the other rapper I got into is a guy. His name is Remble. Have you heard Remble? Oh my god, man. Like, I, you know, I have a real hard time with mumble rappers, and you know who I'm talking about, right? There's a whole, like, I mean, the whole mumble rap genre is just, like, it's not for me, man. I, like, like I said, I'm a language guy. I appreciate articulation, and when I heard this guy Remble, I was like, holy crap, this is my guy. <laughs> this is my guy. Remble's my guy. <laughs> it's like, oh 
holy crap. I listened to the, like, I must have listened to his album, like, maybe six times this week. Just the whole thing from beginning to end. And his album's called It's Remble. And I gotta say that the topic, the subject matter is not, not to my taste. I am not a gun person at all. I am not into guns. I hate guns. And Remble raps a lot about guns, but his flow is exquisite. You gotta hear this guy. I'm gonna play a little bit of it. And he's got the song Touchable, which, by the way, I, I realize I've, I've listened to the song so many times, and there's not one swear in it. And uh, it's still, it's still like, it's still tough. And it's still, of course, he's rapping about murder and uh, and guns, you know, which again is not my thing. But when you hear this guy's flow, you can be like, oh my God, this, 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 this is, a if this man really did these things, he's a complete sociopath. <laughs> like, you want to walk around, just walk down the street and see Remble. You got to walk the other way. All right, check out Remble though. I'm going to, I think you're going to dig this. Check out this. This is cool, man. I think it's cool. Here's, here's a little bit of Remble. Tremble. Will he perform when he has money right in front of him? Run up on that boy and kill his cousin right in front of him. I just tapped his shoulder so I know that he is touchable. Put 30 in my chop and then I turned him to a Huxtable. Came a long way from pre-K and eating lunch. I gotta stop it there. Turned into a Huxtable. I was like, what? What does that mean? I had to look it up. Like, I know the Huxtables from the Cosby show, but I'm like, you killed somebody, you turned them into a Huxtable? Like, how? It's not like the whole Huxtable family died on the show. But I guess the meaning is it's a little bit... Uh, it's a little esoteric, I suppose, if you if you have to know Bill Cosby's history. He's, he had a son, I think, who was shot. And I think that's what he's, you know, referencing there. Okay, so I'm no, I'm, I don't want to play too much Remble because I don't want to get in trouble. Um, but, uh, yeah, here's a little bit more Remble. This is, this is, you know, it's quite good. I'll, I'll take it until, like, the end of the verse when, uh, when he takes a little break. Here we go. I just took your life and as you know it's unrefundable When you up the smith and you should never feel uncomfortable Don't waste any time bro, just turn them to a vegetable Do the job right or you are surely going federal Go knock on some wood but I just feel I did incredible How many shots were fired, I don't know but more than several I thought it was just him, I can't believe it was a bunch of them Brody did him dirty, hit him up and now I'm stomping them I know a lot of demons, I can summon any one of them Oh, I love that line too I know a lot of demons, I can summon any one of them Oh, so good Again, I'm stopping because I don't want to get a cease and desist. All right, a little more ramble. Here's a little more. Bodies holding bodies. It was as if they were cuddling. Will he perform when he has money right in front of him? Oh, so good. Oh, if you like that, check out Remble's album. It's called It's Remble. It's so good. His album is so good. He's from, he's from California, younger guy. And I'm thinking to myself, like, he's rapping only... These are the things Remble raps about, okay? <laughs> like, 70% like is probably guns. And like, and, uh, murder, uh, um, maybe, maybe 25% is video games and Madden. He's big into, I think he's got a song called Ask Madden, meaning, uh, I, I assume meaning John Madden. There must be like something in a game and I am not a video game person, so I don't know, but there must be something in like a game where you can like ask John Madden for advice and he's got like <laughs> called Ask Madden, and he relates all these things to, like, if you do this, you want to do this, Ask Madden. But yeah, a lot of football, a lot of sports talk, which, again, I am not into, but, like, I see I see this this person, Remble, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy, I think, like, where will this guy be in five years, If assuming he keeps putting in the work? Where will this guy be in ten years? I mean, rappers have to evolve, just like any musician, and you're going to get into your topics are going to change, and, like, 
what what else could this guy get into, you know? And if he stays like if he keeps this flow and keeps this articulation, it could it's just incredible. Just and obviously very different from what's popular right now in hip hop. At least from what I'm familiar with, you know, the like I said the mumble rap is not for me at all. And I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus here, but you know, you look up any mumble rapper and you'll know what I mean. It's just not my thing. The articulation that this this young man has is so so exquisite to my ear it's so perfect and so precise i just love it love it love it remble check those guys out remble and be ya all right okay what else can i talk about here oh speaking of way way somebody talks some guy told me i talked like a robot <laughs> this week he actually thought i was he actually thought i was a robot on the phone yeah not my, my regular job you know i'm on the phone all day i'm talking to people all over the country and uh <laughs> And here's the thing, like, I wear really thick headphones while I, you know, while I'm on the phone, and they cover both of my ears. So when I talk, I talk like this. It's very deliberate, so I can hear myself. It's a lot like, uh, what, David Lynch's character in, uh, in the Twin Peaks, you know, in Twin Peaks, you know, where he plays, uh, uh, shoot, I can't even think of his name. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But you know his character, where he's supposed to be very hard of hearing, um, I want to say Albert, but that's not him. Albert is the other guy. You're probably screaming it at your phone right now or whatever you're listening to. But yeah, I um, I, I wear thick headphones, so I talk very deliberately. And some fella said, are, are you a robot? <laughs> he actually said, not are you a computer. Are you a robot? <laughs> I started laughing. And I thought... Uh, that should be enough, you know, to, to that you know that I'm not a robot. But I said, no, no, I'm I, I'm not a robot. Then I, I, and he said, uh, he said, oh, and I know he did, I could tell he didn't want to offend me. You know, he said like, oh, because you sounded very, and there was like a pause. He's like, Ro robotic, you know, like, <laughs> and I said, it's okay. I said, I wear very thick headphones and I have to speak very deliberately in order to hear myself with headphones covering both of my ears. And I completely understand but yeah, I am not a robot. Just taking a little bit of water here. Oh man, oh man. What else can I talk about? Oh, did you guys see House of Gucci? I don't talk a lot about movies, man. I don't get a chance to see a lot of movies. There's not a lot of movies that I want to see. But uh, I was at the library and uh, they had House of Gucci there on DVD. And I got, I got nothing against watching the DVD. And I don't get whatever service is broadcasting House of Gucci. You know, we get some things. We get Netflix and HBO and Hulu and Disney. But whatever whatever House of Gucci is on, I do not get. Maybe it's Paramount Plus. Maybe it's Amazon Prime. I don't know. I don't get either of those. But I saw it on DVD. And I was, like, fascinated by that story. So I picked it up, man. And I brought it home. Holy crap, I really like that movie a lot, man. I really did. It's it's a it's a well-made film, you know? Obviously, it's... I don't know how much you know, and I don't want to, you know, throw... I don't want to... Look, I, I honestly didn't read too much about it just because I wanted to know. And, I, like, I, I remember reading about it initially when I heard it was in production because I didn't know anything about that story. I know it's based on the book. But uh, I had forgot most, most of uh, what I'd read. So going into it, I, I kind of knew the characters. I knew it was Adam Driver, uh, who plays like the, the son of, of the Gucci uh, the Gucci name. And then uh, Lady Gaga is, uh, is, is his wife. And then uh, Jared Leto was, uh, was a, like a cousin or something in that, you know. And, uh, you know, I know people talk crap about Jared Leto. And I know, that, I think he won like, he won an award for being so bad in this. You know, those Raspberry Awards. I hate awards. Regardless, I hate like any kind of award. But I think they gave him an award, award because he was so lousy. Which is mean, you know. 
But I, I don't think I don't think Jared Leto cares really. But uh, I just realized I got I got my notes over here. There it is. Okay. Just want to make sure I have my notes around. Yeah. Anyway, you know, I, I realize that, uh, you know, people, people like, uh, people crap on Jared Leto's acting all the time. And I don't know, man, I saw him in, uh, in Dallas Fires Club. I thought he was outstanding. You know, did he win the best, uh, um, uh, um, shoot, what do they call it? Not, not, you know, did he win an award for that best? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Does it matter? I don't know. I don't think so. Again, I don't, I don't care about awards. I really don't. So I have no idea. But all I know is Jared Leto was outstanding in Dallas Buyers Club, in my opinion. And in this, he was fine. You know, was it, was it over the top? A little bit. <laughs> it was over the top. But I think that was kind of like the character. You know what I mean? Because he was playing sort of an over the top character. And that, that was fine, in my opinion. I don't know. And what else did I like him in? I liked him in Blade Runner 2049. I thought he was quite good as the villain in that. You know? Quite good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I understand, like, people, like, give him a hard time because supposedly he's a method actor and he's, he does, you know, he does, he gets into the role to the point where he, uh, he annoys his, his fellow actors. I, I don't know if that's something that works or not, but, uh, but evidently, evidently it's something he does and, uh, and people crap on his acting. They, they give him a hard time. And, but I'll tell you something. Lady Gaga is outstanding. The two films I've seen her in, uh, um, Star is Born. And uh, in this film, she was amazing in both movies, in my opinion. I enjoy watching her. I think she's a talented person. My goodness. I mean, obviously, she can sing. She's outstanding. But uh, I think her acting abilities are quite good. You know, and you, you watch the careers and, like, you know, I, I'm a man of a certain age, so I've been around long enough to see, you know, uh, singers evolve into something else, you know. And I watched Madonna try to have an acting career, and it wasn't always great. Sometimes it was just okay. I don't know if there was anything outstanding Madonna did. She continued to get roles for a long time, but you see Lady Gaga, she seems to be a little more careful about the, the roles she picks. And, uh, and man, she, she, she's, she's dynamite whenever I see her on the screen. House of Gucci was was a great film. I, I recommend it. Um, if it sounds like your kind of thing, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen it again. I'd forgot what I'd read. I, I, I didn't even remember. I knew the, the basis of it, but I didn't know how it concluded. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, yeah. Check those out. If that's, if that's what you're into. Um, what else can I talk about today? Shoot, man. Do you, you know who Crackhead Barney is? I really got to talk about Crackhead Barney, man. I would, I would love to talk to Crackhead Barney on this show. I don't know if there's any get, any way getting her on this show. Although I did hear her on a podcast the other night. So I'm like, all right, she'll at least do podcasts. She's she's a performance actor in uh in New York. And uh, she, seems, she seems to enjoy, like, um, agitating uh, conservatives. <laughs> Which is which is fun to watch, in my opinion. She, evidently, she has no political agenda, but supposedly, like you know, meaning like she'll attack anybody. But the times I've seen her, like she'll show up to um, um, MAGA rallies and uh, um, and different things going on in New York City, having having to do with the, the last administration, let's just say. And she will give these people a hard time and film it, and she's outrageous. I, I, there's this this clip that I can play you again with her again. Similarly, there's a, a lot of cursing, but uh, let me play you this clip of of Crackhead Barney talking to this man. Um, this is this. I love this clip. Hey, no, no, no. Hey, what? Well, a cup of um, white uh, sugar? With sugar? What, what, I'm looking for more of the traditional type of lifestyle. I'm, look at me. I'm very traditional. Look, I'm very ladylike. Oh yeah. Look, I'm very ladylike. Hold my leg. Here, here, I can stretch. Yeah. 
Okay, I gotta tell you what she's wearing here while she's saying this. First of all, she's talking to a gentleman. You have no frame of reference on this. It's a it's a clean cut Caucasian man in a in a um um what are those uh, like a plaid shirt like red and black plaid shirt tucked into jeans. He looks. He looks like he's probably in his late twenties, maybe thirties. He's got a beard. Almost looks like Jason, like a Jason Sudeikis type, I suppose. And, and meanwhile, crackhead Barney is here. She's got like a cowboy hat over like a blonde wig, and she's wearing like a bikini and shorts and gloves. And uh, and and she's trying to <laughs> she's trying to convince this guy that she'd be wonderful to date. And he's saying that he would like a more uh, conservative type of woman. Now he, this is uh, this is great. So here she goes. Listen listen to what she she says here. She's trying to she at this point in the uh, the video she's trying to lift her leg over her head to show that she's flexible. Here she goes. <laughs> Hang on. I look. I want a woman that can take care of the homestead. I want a woman that can give me four kids. I could burn the house down. Yeah, that's a problem. I don't <laughs> want to give me four kids, down. but you have to take them because I'm not raising yeah. four children. Well, so that's the thing. Is like I need a woman that can take care of the kids. No, we're not doing all that. Well, so well, you're you gonna, if you want to be with me, you're gonna have to change. So that's the thing. Is if you want to be with me, then you'd have to change. Will, that if you want to be with me, you're gonna have to change. Okay. All right, I gotta get out of here. We'll see you. No, Will, you're gonna have to change if you want me. No. He tries. He tries to give her a fist bump. <laughs> she she won't do it. She says you're gonna have to change. Hang on, listen. Here's how that ends. Here it is. It's it, there's not much left. This is a little bit left. Check this out. Will text me. Man. I'm playing hard to get. You don't get it that easy. Well, that's the thing is, uh, I'm playing hard to get. Yeah, no, you, I'm playing hard to get, and I'm the prize. You go home, change, and then text me. Cool. Would you? <laughs> you go home, change, and then text me. Oh my God, I love crackhead Barney. She is so outrageous. Oh my gosh. You can find her stuff all over the place too. It's another one of those. <clears throat> they make these videos and they're, they're I think maybe like they're two, two minutes maybe tops. And they're outrageous of her just um, bothering people <laughs> in New York City. Just awesome, awesome stuff. I would love to talk. If anybody knows Crackhead Barney, please, you know, let me know how I'd get in touch with her. The best way to get in touch with her. I know, I know... Scott Dolan, who's been on this podcast, I reached out to him and I saw that he was following her on social media. And I said, do you, do you know her? And he said, we go to the same, some of the, this is what Scott said. He said he went to some of the same places as Crackhead Barney and uh, they've DM'd. So that's, yeah, I was like, what? I said, I would love to get her on this show. I would love to get her on People Are the Enemy. She seems like uh, she'd be fun to speak with for sure. So let me know if you've got any connections. <laughs> with crackhead barney and friends that's how you find her very very cool stuff guys this has been so much fun thanks for spending time with me uh i'm going to uh, turn this over to our friend rachel with the chart chat here's uh rachel from des moines with the chart chat take it away rachel thanks andy well this is rachel in des moines back with rachel's chart chat for another week thanks to everyone who listened last week and i especially appreciated the twitter feedback from mark and mary on the stars on 45 section a.k.a. The Girl Talk of 1981. Uh, Mark shared a link to the Beatles movie medley, which was an official Capitol Records release from 1982. And Mary said she was also going down to Stars on 45 Rabbit Hole and pitched a supplemental ep on the topic, which I have already started, or I guess continued my research for. For the 70s chart this week, we turn to April 22nd of 1978. Starting off on its way down the chart at number 95 is Never Get Enough of Your Love by LTD. I picked this one because I really like Jeffrey Osborne's voice on here, and I kind of don't know that. I only know uh, Back in Love Again by LTD, and this is a little bit of a different style for them, and I think it, it really works. 
This would eventually reach, or this, it was down from a peak of 56. At number 89 this week is The Ramones with Do You Wanna Dance, uh, which is a cover of, and the original was by Bobby Freeman, and his version made it to number five. Uh, the Ramones version only made it to 86, but I think it's beloved as among their catalog, as many as their other songs are. That was from their third LP in as many years. And the song is also covered by artists such as Cliff Richard in the UK, the Beach Boys, and Bette Midler. And Bette's version is of the slowed down variety, which is, if you know me, is really not my jam. And so I got to give it to the Ramones for their cover of this one. At number 83, we have Genesis with Follow You, Follow Me off of their 1978 album and then there were three so uh, the story behind this one is that peter gabriel had left the group after 1974's lamb lies down on broadway and guitarist steve hackett stuck around for two more albums but he left after 1976's wind and weathering leaving phil collins mike rutherford and tony banks in the band hence the title of the album and at this point they were going in more of a pop direction but was still prog influenced styles This was their second charting single in the U.S., and it was the first to crack the top 40, and it was also their first worldwide pop hit, and would eventually make it to number 23 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. At number 74 is the group Eruption with I Can't Stand the Rain, and this is another cover. Uh, Actually, the the 78 chart and our 88 chart we're going to talk about are both really just chock full of covers. This was originally done by Ann Peebles in 73, and it was written, co-written by her, her partner, and another songwriter. And it was just an off-the-cuff remark that Anne had made, and her husband turned it into, or her partner turned it into a song. This was also in addition to Eruption, which was a British disco R&B and soul act. I Can't Stand the Rain has also been covered by Tina Turner. And then Missy Elliott sampled the Anne Peebles version for her song, The Rain, Super Duper Fly. And this was the biggest hit for Eruption. At number 70, we have a debut song on the chart. It's Linda Ronstadt with her cover of Tumbling Dice. And this was originally done by the Rolling Stones, of course. And the Stones version got up to number 7 in the U.S. And Linda Ronstadt hit number 32. And I picked this one because I really do like it. Um, and But also I had just passed over Carly Simon's version of You Belong to Me because in my mind I prefer the Doobie Brothers version uh, with Michael McDonald on lead vocals and I was feeling a little bit unfeminist about that and then I saw Linda I was like oh but I love her version of Tumbling Dice so you get that on here Um, but yeah if you listen to You Belong to Me listen to the Carly Simon version and and the Doobie Brothers see what you think and you can A to B these Tumbling Dice songs too she actually uh, has a live version that appears on the soundtrack of the movie FM and when she sang the song compared to the Rolling Stones version she had a slight uh, change the lyrics a little bit leave that as an exercise to the reader and according to wikipedia later in 78 uh, she performs on stage with the stones when they had a tour stop in her hometown of tucson arizona at number 53 is steely dan with deacon blues and this is off their smash album asia uh, this would eventually get up to number 19 and i'm just going to keep putting steely dan on these until andy yells at me uh, finally from 78 at number 46 this week is meatloaf with two out of three ain't bad and this would eventually get up to number 11 and for a long time that was his highest charting hit until he had his comeback moment in 1993 with i would do anything for love but i won't do that which actually made it to number one and i had somehow forgotten that uh, two out of three ain't bad is another you know obviously uh jim steinman did the lyrics and this is one that oh man when this comes on in the car that car is going to be treated to a rendition i tell you what now jumping ahead to the 80s 
we're looking at our chart from April 23rd of 1988. And I would call this chart full of freestyle that all blends together. Uh, but I've just got a few picks for you here. Uh, we have a debut song, which is a duet between Agne Agne I looked up how to pronounce her name and I can't say it. Agneta from ABBA and Peter Cetera. And I don't even think this song is that great. I just thought that was a wild combination for a duet that I wanted to make people aware of it. So here it is on the chart picks. And it's at 96 this week. It'll only make it to 93. Um, and it said they shot a video for it in Stockholm and Peter Cetera wasn't even in the video. So I don't think they put a whole lot of effort into this one. Uh, but I, but it, I did learn that it made it to number 19 on the adult contemporary chart. And it seems to have more of that sound. At number 88 is the British group Breathe with the song Hands to Heaven. And this will eventually make it to number two. And I read that it was used in the soap opera Santa Barbara. And this is another one. You know, we're getting into this with these 88, 89 charts. That these are songs that I maybe haven't heard in 20 years or more. And I hear, hear them on these charts. Like, it just kind of unlocks something. So, again, if you know some bits around my age, you play them hands to heaven and see if they don't start singing along. And the group Breathe also had another big hit. It was How Can I Fall at number three. Not on the chart this week, but it made it to number three. Up next, uh, this soundtrack to the movie Bright Lights, Big City, which was a Michael J. Fox movie, and it was based on a book by Jay McInerney. Uh, there's th three singles that are on the chart right this week. At number 86 is Century's End by Donald Fagan. Would get to number 83. Um, in our Last time we looked at number the, the chart from 88, M-A-R-R-S was already charting with Pump Up the Volume. Uh, that's down at 81 this week, and it had hit a peak of 22. And then we also have a Brian Ferry song called Kiss and Tell, and it's at number 33, would eventually peak at number 31. And in the VJ Big 40, Mark Goodman, reading as he does from Wikipedia pages, just like yours truly, uh, mentioned that this was thought to be about Brian Ferry's relationship with Jerry Hall, because she had just come out with a book uh, memoir, so maybe he was accusing her of kissing and telling. At number 78 is the rap group JJ Fad with their very fun single Supersonic. And what that's about is people that are nosy and listening with their supersonic hearing, list listening to others and I guess to spread gossip. But the song is always super fun to hear and you look at the album cover, they just seem like three really fun gals, ladies that you want to hang out with. But only if you, if, they, if you knew them and they trusted you and they knew you weren't just eavesdropping on them. That would eventually get to number 30. At number 70 is an Australian group called The Church with their song Under the Milky Way. And that was eventually make it to number 24. And I first heard of this song on an 80s compilation and I've always liked it. And I just wanted to include it here. At number 67, we have Cheap Trick with their number one hit, The Flame. That was apparently their only number one hit that they had, which kind of surprised me. At number 64, off of the School Days soundtrack is EU with The Butt. And this is a song in the style of Go-Go, which is a, a local style of music to Washington, D.C. This song kind of was back into cultural consciousness uh, in the Oscars last year. Uh, Lil Rel Howery was doing a music trivia bit among the Oscars crowd and asked Glenn Close a question about this song. And she had been prepped by the guys. It was a pre-planned bit. So she'd been prepped with, by the fellas at her table of how to answer the song. But then uh, Lil Ralph kind of threw her a curveball and asked her to do the dance. And so she's just game for it. So she got up and did the dance. And there was a lot of debate about like, well, did she just know this off the top of her head? Was it scripted? Blah, blah, blah. And my understanding was that she was prepped for the answer, but it was her choice. to. He kind of put her on the spot to dance and she did that dance. 
And I have a theory that because of that moment, when the quote-unquote the slap happened this year, people kind of might have thought it was scripted at first, or especially before Will really started yelling at him. Because of how this had gone down, it was kind of that, well, did they plan this? Was this a, a prank? What's going on? But go-go music, it seems like a really special thing for DC, and it's something I wanted to look into more, and it involves certain rhythms and certain types of drums, and it seems like a, a really cool local thing that they're very proud of. At number 16, another one of our covers, we have the Pet Shop Boys with Always On My Mind. And somehow I always thought this was a Willie Nelson original, and it's, it is not. Um, it was originally performed by Gwen McRae, but it's been covered by lots of different artists. The Pet Shop Boys version would make it to number four, and Willie Nelson's version got to number five. And the last song I wanted to mention this week, so I had said we had three songs from the soundtrack to Bright Lights Big City, uh, and that was by, uh, based on a novel by one of the so-called literary Brat Pack. And another member of that group was Brett Easton Ellis, and a film based on his book Less Than Zero also had come out around this time. And a song from that soundtrack was Going Back to Cali by LL Cool J, and it's at number 37 this week, down from a peak of number 10. Well, that's all from me this week. Thanks so much for listening, and back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel. Excellent job. Love that chart chat. You know, I, I'd had no idea Always On My Mind wasn't a Willie Nelson original. I, I thought it was. You know, I loved that Pet Shop Boys cover. Uh, gee, there was some great stuff in those charts, huh? I Here's the other thing. I had no idea the butt, which I remember clearly uh, growing up and seeing the music video for it and hearing it on the radio... I, I'd had no idea that was considered DC Go-Go music. I only got into DC Go-Go, what, last year, when I had the band Brenda on, who were very into DC Go-Go, who were from DC, and, and they talked about it on that episode, if you go back and listen. That was a great one. But I was only hipped to DC Go-Go music, but I guess I had heard DC Go-Go music before, because I knew the butt. Very, very cool. Thank you so much, Rachel, for that char chat. Always, always informative, always entertaining, always interesting. Awesome, awesome job. Folks, thanks so much for listening. This has been episode 226 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. We love you. Peace.